All right, so I'm here today on Off Topic with uh, Mike Massey. I, for the longest time, to be honest with you, I said Massey, uh-huh. and <laughs> and I know uh, I was, I felt very stupid when I uh-huh. was looking at uh, like some of your other interviews you've done, and I was like, oh my god, because for the like the last like four or five years, anytime I was like, oh yeah, like you should check out this guy. It's Mike Massey, um, but it's Mike Massey, and I apologize for getting it wrong. <laughs> Not a problem. Most people do. Yeah. Um, so to start, I I discovered <laughs> I discovered your videos um, by your Africa by Toto video, mm-hmm. <laughs> your cover, uh, and uh, one of my sense. friends actually, yeah, one of my friends showed me it um, when I was a junior in high school, and uh, I was a friend oh, nice. that I just had met. Uh, we were on the swim team together. And we ended up being in a band together and playing music together and all that stuff so it was it was a cool kind of start and uh and so that video like blew up and all that and that's uh part of like your rise to the youtube fame a little bit right so <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> but before that you were playing um at the the pie right for a long time so was that kind of your start as a musician or how how far does it go back for you yeah i mean as a live musician it was definitely one of the first things i did um the pie was kind of like sort of the second place that i started playing it as a regular well second or third i um it was a local basically a local restaurant it's a pizza place that, and it was the appeal for them is that they had a budget for live music <laughs> it wasn't just like you can play if you want, but we're not going to pay you. It was actually like they paid yeah, you a little yeah. bit. Which so is like, interesting right on. for a pizza place. Yeah. I know, yeah, and you get free pizza too. So it's right. just like, you know, for a college kid, you're like, sweet, yeah, perfect, you know. And for me, I just, um, basically, when I went to college, I started playing guitar a bit, and I had a little bit of a repertoire of just acoustic songs, classic rock songs that I taught myself, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I had all these handwritten, you know, lyric sheets that I'd use and take them right. to my gigs and kept them in a binder and all that good stuff. Right. Pretty long before iPads. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, yeah, so um, I, I used to play. I was I was going to school in Provo, Utah, a school wow. called BYU, Brigham Young University. Yeah. And um, they had they had a pie in Provo, but it had just like there had just been like a divorce. <laughs> so like, oh, boy. <laughs> the, I think that I think the dad, the, the, the husband, the father, whatever, got got yeah. the uh, got the Provo location. And then the, the wife got salt lake and um which was the better location and i think he had to change the name so he changed it to good time charlie mm-hmm. so like i played there a couple times and i don't know if you've i don't know if you've actually uh seen um like uh the linger video on my youtube channel that's like my friend brent brenda sings it and anyway, I, I don't think so you haven't seen that one okay so anyway i met her there she was the okay. server there and so she was working there and and uh, also i met the drummer for uh for my future cover band there. He was there that night that I played a good time trials. Anyway, so, but eventually I auditioned, I auditioned at the pie in Salt Lake City. And that was in January of 1993, long time ago. And yeah, a couple um, of years before I was born. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. So I've been playing at the pie since before you were born. Wow, yeah. let's, let's ponder that for a minute. Yeah. Um, actually, let's not. No, um, but yeah, so yeah, long, I've been playing there a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, so 93, I, I auditioned there and I didn't even have, even have a car. And I lived about 45 minutes from the Salt Lake Pie. I lived down in Provo and this is Salt Lake City. So it's kind of like a, you know, like a little a city, a college town to the south of Salt Lake City. And uh, I'd come from from Colorado. I'd, you know, gone to high school in Boulder and and just went out to go to music school. And, and they got a really good music program there. So I wanted to be, I, mean, I was a music major at BYU. So anyway, so uh, as a music major, um, I got a ride to my first gig because I didn't have a car. And I brought, actually brought Sterling Cotton with me on the night that I auditioned. Okay. It was on a Sunday night in uh, January 1993. And we, you know, we just did our thing. We had a little repertoire of some stuff we did together. A lot of, you know, Simon yeah. and Garfunkel, Beatles and whatnot. And that was when I started. And then like, it was, I don't know, a long time later. Let's see, 93. Uh, oh, it's, I can't even do the math, but 2003, 2000. Yeah, it was like 20, it was 15 years later, I guess, that I actually started yeah. filming my gigs. I don't know, 2008, you do the math. <laughs> yeah. That's when I started filming my gigs. And yeah. that became the basis of my YouTube channel. It was like I took all my little acoustic arrangements I had done and, and started, um, you know, broadcasting them to the world through, through YouTube. And and uh, and a lot of those videos from the early Pi days are still, you know, some of people's favorites, which is which is yeah. fine by me. It's like, because it was, it was kind of me like... I was building this virtual catalog of like, so people could make their own little virtual set list of a gig, you right. know, and like 
there's a bunch of gigs from the pie it's probably like 80 or, or, or more i don't know there's yeah a, i was a lot. i was just looking in it yeah there's 81 81 yeah videos. yeah on that on that playlist yeah 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 it's a pretty so that yeah so that's a lot place, yeah. yeah 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 and it's, it kind of like stretches from it's a lot of 60s and 70s and right. some 80s and a few are new a few a few newer songs in there sprinkled in but mostly the older stuff and and a lot of that stuff uh, I did with Jeff Hall. He was my like main like mm-hmm. companion during the Pi era. Um, he was my bass player, and we were both attorneys. He was actually an attorney before I was. Um, we were both like music majors together, and then he went on to uh, to law school, and I kind of didn't go straight into graduate school. Mm-hmm. And he was finishing by the time I was starting, and so he became a public defender. That was like his first job, mm-hmm. and then he worked there for a while, and then he became a prosecutor, and he's still a prosecutor. He's been there a long time, and. Um, and he actually, like, by the time I was finishing law school, he was, he had left the public defender's office, but he was like cutting, put it, put it a good word for me and helped me get that job there. That's and awesome. I was, a po- yeah, I was a public defender for like 13 years and he was a prosecutor. So we'd like meet up at the pie, you know, and talk, we'd, we'd swap war stories about the, yeah. <laughs> our days in court and stuff. And, yeah. and actually he became like a supervisor. And so I was complaining to him about some of the attorneys I had to work with that were his people that were prosecutors that were working <laughs> under him. I'm like, you've got to get rid of this person. No, I just like, you got to talk to this person usually. He was like, you got to yeah. talk to this person. I won't name names, but it was there was a couple names that popped up a lot. <laughs> I was like, all right, I always come to come to him complaining about prosecutors that I was working with. It's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah. But I didn't go up against him very often. And uh, people ask that question a lot, but we, uh, but yeah, it was fun. So that was kind of like our, like our way to blow off steam. We'd meet at the pie. It's usually once a month on Monday yeah. nights and we'd, you know, have some pizza and we'd play some music. And then like when we started recording it, it kind of became a little bit more fun for us because it was like mm-hmm. a different challenge. It was like, Oh, our audience has just grown to, right. to being, to becoming infinite or like it was infinite yeah. possibilities of audience. It could right, be anybody yeah. and it could see you know, in the future and uh, not just the people that are in the room. And so it was like, it just kind of took on a different vibe a little bit where we just, we weren't as concerned about pleasing the room because they were ignoring us anyway. So we would ignore them, <laughs> yeah. like mutual ignoring. Yeah, yeah. And so, but, um, but it was all good. And, um, but we would record our stuff and, and sometimes when people wouldn't respond, we'd kind of laugh and we'd be like, yeah, you know, YouTube's going to be pissed, you know, and <laughs> sometimes they were, the comments yeah. would come in and be like, this audience sucks. We're like, Hey, yeah. It was a Monday night. They were just there to eat pizza. We just happened to be there, you know? Right. <laughs> I know that's like one of the, uh, the struggles of especially acoustic shows are uh, are tough sometimes with crowds because sometimes they're like into it and they're like oh you're playing acoustic show like this is great like let's yeah and then other times they're like this is this is just background noise yeah and it's totally well, like you get it but at the same time you're like yeah you well you want to be you want to be you want to be good enough where you're like you you can you can play at a restaurant that has a built-in crowd they're not relying right. on you to bring in people Yes. Like, and you say, so you want to play someplace that's good enough that they have like, you know, like the, the pie was like a college hangout. So that was kind of the appeal. Oh, yeah. And actually the place sometimes wouldn't even get hopping until like we were cleaning up. Like, they, <laughs> you know, we'd be, we'd play from like seven to 10. And yeah. then, then around like 10, 10 30, like you just get like the second wave of people coming in. Like the early crowd would be like yeah. the families coming to eat dinner or whatever, you know, yeah, yeah, then the yeah. later crowd was all the college kids that came and they're like, yeah. And we'd be like, you know, we'd play a few songs and I'd be like, you're leaving? We're like, yeah, we've been, we've been here since seven. <laughs> yeah. You know, we just got here. Anyway, I know, that's, but, yeah. always, that's always the worst feeling too because you're like, ah, yeah, I wish yeah, I could exactly. stay another two hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, so we didn't, we, so we didn't, I didn't put in a lot of effort into bringing in a crowd. I mean, I would tell mm-hmm. people, especially like later in the internet days, I, you know, I'd post it on my Facebook page where I would say, right. I'm playing at the pie tonight, you know. But it wasn't like I was like putting up flyers or anything. It was just, you know, yeah. I was just like, I was going to play for whoever happened to show up. And, you know, yeah. I liked it when I had a crowd because then I get better tips and stuff. But it was like, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of and when we did when we didn't have a crowd, we would just use it to, you know, kind of like bust out stuff we hadn't done in a while to practice right. it or stuff we'd never done just to see if it would work, you know, and just like we'd yeah. use it as a rehearsal, you know, just like, yeah, yeah. It just came a public rehearsal. <laughs> I know. And sometimes that's like a, a blessing in disguise, too, because then you find a song that just like you you're like oh we practice it maybe once or twice or we thought about doing it and then all of a sudden you play and you're like oh that actually worked on the first try like that's yeah that's pretty well, that's, good that's <laughs> kind of what happened with africa it was like it was one that was in my repertoire but i hadn't really we weren't really doing it because like i had done it before but when i had done it before i had sung the low harmony and i'd sung it with a girl who took the high part oh, and so perfect. so like every yeah so like when i do it with jeff i'm just like eh, i don't i guess i can't do africa but then like I kind of like did it. We did it once and then we did it. I think that, I think the time that we filmed it for that video was mm-hmm. maybe the second time we've done it. 
Wow. And um, and so Jeff was just kind of feeling his way through it and just kind of figuring out some harmony. So he he literally like kind of like made up a harmony part. Yeah, well, it sounds <laughs> it's, pretty good. Yeah, and it's like I mean, like he he gets some of it and then he kind of departs into his own thing. And it's <laughs> and it's like there's so many. I don't know. It's like he took the average of all of the actual yeah. harmony parts and made it into one thing because yeah, there's yeah. like so many, there's like four part harmony or something at right. one point going on in that song. And so he's just like, I'm just going to take, you know, what makes sense. And, and, and yeah. so people like, yeah. So that you don't even hear people complaining about like, he's think he's singing it wrong because like what he did worked well. And it just like complimented, you know, the high part that I was doing well. And it just like, yeah. yeah. And it just, it just has kind of an energy to it that we were just like, also that that's the other thing about like when there's nobody there, you're just kind of fearless. You're just right. like, we're just going to do this and we're going to do it yeah. hard. And right. We're going to just like go for it. It's yeah. like the opposite of like not caring. It's like, we're going to care so much. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. But people will be like, you know, well, how do you get motivated to play when there's nobody there? It's just like, no, that's when you go for it. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> like you're playing in your room, except there's a few yeah. bartenders or waitresses yeah. or whatever. You're like, I, that's when you're like, I'm going to see what happens when I just do this, you know? And so <laughs> that's kind of like, we get yeah. the check at the end anyway. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and so, and so, basically, what had happened with Africa was like I had put it on. Like we, we, I would pass out a request list, and right. like, and I, I put it on there and not told Jeff even that that it was on the list. I'm just like, mm-hmm. and somebody had circled it and brought it back up. I'm like, hey, somebody wants Africa. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, man, let's try it. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of what happened, and and so we just kind of went for it, and uh, mm-hmm. and there was not a lot of people there, but you know, there was a, there was a camera, so I, right. I you know. Now, now, do you consider, because uh, you, you said you do, like, you did, you were doing the low harmonies. Now, do you consider yourself, like, a lower, like, vocal range? Not generally. I mean, I'm a tenor, but, like, actually, my, my vocal range has gone up a little bit and gone down a little bit. Like, okay. well, I should say, when I say gone down, I mean, like, expanded in, in both directions, right, right, right. you know. Um, but, um, but over time, actually, one of the things that helped me was, like, I got my... Um, my deviated septum fixed and my ah. tonsils and my tonsils out. Yeah, I had yeah, both yeah. of those, which I don't recommend doing at the same time, but that's what I did. <laughs> it was, that was a brutal recovery. Okay. But, um, but yeah, after that, I noticed that my range felt like it was a little bit better. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, kind of a weird thing, but. Well, it's, it's, it's funny you say that too. Cause I've heard like when people get like uh, tonsils out or like you said, like the deviated septum, it, it does like you, you can reach a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's that interesting, like, now, if I got these removed, would I, <laughs> like, would I be able to hit that? Like, <laughs> right, right. What else can I remove to improve my vocal range? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go there. Three yeah. teeth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What about the tongue? Does the tongue? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you, take, you start removing body parts and you're just like, <laughs> eventually, yeah, but. Um, I have another lung in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah so that was like it was just kind of like an expansion of my range so like that was when i like i'm like well i'll try it i'll try africa and mm-hmm. see what happens but i wasn't really expecting it to be kind of like pretty right. you know and like and now it's like um africa is like i don't know it's like an albatross <laughs> around my neck yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's like yeah, yeah. everybody always expects it and it's not an easy song yeah. to sing so it's oh. just like it's like it's like I, I try not to do like I'm doing live streams now. I'm doing um, yeah, yeah. you know regular live streams. I do them every weekend, Friday and Saturday nights, and um, and they're just free on my YouTube channel. But um, I take requests, and at the beginning, a lot of people were requesting Africa like every time, and then I think eventually people got the got the point. And I'm just like, I'm not going to play it every time. Yeah. Like you know, I'll play it you know once every three or four shows, but it's just going to be part of the rotation. It's not right. going to be like the staple yeah, of yeah, every yeah. show. Yeah, but you've that, grown big enough where that doesn't have to be the case anymore, well, you know? <laughs> it's interesting, though. Well, it's interesting, though, because, like, if I was actually doing live gigs like uh, like I used to, where I was actually playing in different cities, I would actually feel like I did have to do Africa in yeah. every city because not everyone has every show available to watch, like, on a live stream, where it's, yeah, like, yeah. with a live stream, I kind of feel like I have to mix it up on the playlist because a lot of, I get a lot of repeat viewers. Like, I have a lot of regular viewers, right. a lot of faithful viewers that are there every time, so I'm just like, I can't play the same songs every time. <laughs> But right. like, you know, but like in the old days when I would t- travel around, I could kind of play most of the same songs all the time, you know, or at least I would, I would still actually take requests, but, and I would kind of, you know, like branch out, but like right. I had kind of a core set of songs. that was kind of like my, was my comfort zone, you know, right. <laughs> just like, I'm, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. good about these songs. I can pull these off on a regular basis and, yeah. and not screw it up. But like, yeah, but you know, with the live streams, I've just been like, I don't care about mistakes anymore. I'm just like, I'm going to play this song. And if I know 85% of it, 
that 85% is going to be pretty awesome. And the rest are going <laughs> to just like, yeah. the rest we're all just going to forget about right. collectively. And so, yeah, so I kind of give myself, I mean, like I'm in my basement. I'm like, I give myself permission to make mistakes when I'm in my basement. Right. So, yeah. But anyway, it's been fun. It's been a little bit of an adventure, you know, adjusting to this new reality. Yeah. I know me and my, my band haven't been able to, we played one gig in November and before that it was like September and then we had the summer when they were like letting things open up a little bit more and we were doing that mm-hmm. but uh it it's been far and few in between <laughs> you know it's just I think I've only done one I think I only since March I think I only did one gig maybe yeah and it was like a backyard thing for like you know 12 people right <laughs> you know it was just like yeah, yeah. I think and it was lo- it was you know semi-local I drove to Aspen for whatever but like yeah I haven't traveled at all I've been on an airplane yeah it's like totally like different lifestyle it's been weird yeah and uh, for a lot of people i know for a lot of musicians it was it was really really bad because it was part of their income you know like, oh yeah no i mean actually, yeah, yeah i don't want to no i wasn't no i know <laughs> i was just There's like definitely I'm, that <laughs> yeah and uh yeah especially like around i'm upstate new york and live music is uh like every weekend like that's people go out and that's like yeah the thing to do yeah. and uh losing that was like yeah. even just like as a listener like going and seeing a band that was, was I, there's uh, a lot of um i mean there's a, i've i've no i know of like a good handful of musicians even in colorado that just do music like full-time mm-hmm. like you know in different ways sometimes they're in cover bands or whatever but it was like that was their full-time thing was like live music and it's just yeah. like what do you do yeah. So, you know, I was an attorney or I was, I still am an attorney, but I'm not practicing. I just have a license, but like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and I also like when, when I quit my day job, I moved to Colorado, like I'm in Denver now, you know, yep. and uh, I don't know anybody here in the legal community. It's not like I can just pick up and say, all right, just put out, you know, as they say, a shingle <laughs> and say, okay, I'm a lawyer now. Yeah. Give me a call. I yeah. I haven't done this in a bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the laws in Colorado per se, but that can't, <laughs> And we'll figure it out together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not it's not the easiest transition to make. So yeah, I keep yeah. my law license just as you know, I don't know, as a badge of honor because I don't want to like give it up. Once you get a law license, you don't exactly want to give it up. So yeah, but yeah, I, that's. I'm, I want to. I don't want to use it though. Yeah, was that <laughs> so? Like, was going from uh, like being a lawyer to being a musician was that like a? It was obviously a big decision, but what kind of like was that? kind of an easy one in your heart or in like a hard one in your brain or was that kind of like or was it an easy like I have this opportunity this is the time to do it kind of thing yeah it's like I kind of think like how did I see myself did I see myself who was in a who was a musician who was who had a day job as an attorney or I was an attorney who screwed around with music on the side it's like I think I I kind of went through a transition where I was just like you know at first I was well, I was, I was a music major first and then I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't really have a plan to like, I actually studied sound recording in, okay. in, in undergrad as a, as an emphasis, but I was, you know, as a voice major. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't have a job at a studio waiting for me or anything as an engineer. And so I just kind of was like, eh, I need, a, I need a real option. So I was like, law school was always kind of like my, my other thought, you know, yeah. grew up, grew up watching Perry Mason. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, I can do that. That'd be, that'd yeah. be cool. And I, actually, it's like, you know, then I, and I ended up being a defense attorney, which he was too, which is kind of funny. But, um, but yeah, so I, and then, you know, being a rock star was always like, you know, a dream, but not one that I ever really took seriously. You know, I didn't right. really think there was a place for me in the music world, but um, I don't know. I just kind of made one for myself, I guess, you know, yeah, which is kind of what you have to do. And that's, that's what YouTube has made possible. Right. And the whole internet thing is like, you don't really, you're not wait, you don't have to wait for someone else to find you. Mm-hmm. You can just put yourself out there and just, you know, yeah. be found, just make yourself, you know, so people can't ignore you. Right. I mean, most of them still will, but you know, right. some will. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a beautiful thing that people can in their like bedroom record a song, do all the tracks, like they can record yeah. everything themselves and like distribute it themselves. Yeah. Obviously sometimes it's more successful than us, but yeah. the fact that people are capable of doing that now, um, even on the scale of just like doing YouTube yeah. or SoundCloud, it's like, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's crazy. Like, and you can so be, can and you can be like completely self-taught in so many ways yeah. too. Like, I mean, I was, I, I taught myself by reading music forums. I taught myself how to build a, a PC yeah, and too. like <laughs> what, yeah. And what parts I would need to make yeah. a good music PC, because at the time it was a thing where it's like, okay, 
if you want a PC dedicated to recording music, it's going to need to like be good at certain things yeah. and have certain kinds of specs, you know? Right. And so like I, I studied that and I would build PCs, but then I was also like, I was also a gamer on the side. I'm like, but I also <laughs> want this to be able to play games. Yeah. So I'm like, I, it's like, I need a really good video card. It also has to be kind of quiet. Can't be really loud. You know, so it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. trying to balance those two things, you know? Yeah. Um, and so like, I'd always be looking for, you know, the quiet fans and adjustable fans and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I built, I taught myself how to build PCs just from reading forums mm -hmm. and music forums. You know, I, I, I taught myself how to do most of what I did on a computer and pretty much anything, any audio you hear on my YouTube channel, like I'm responsible for like 95% of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I had a little bit of help here and there. Um, but not much. I mean, most of it, I was producing myself and, and sometimes that's painfully evident, but sometimes it's, it goes, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so yeah, so, um, some of my videos sound better than others. Some of them sound really good. Yeah. And, um, and so, and, and people, you know, it brings people back. They like them and, and, you know, and they can just, and literally like what I have on iTunes, is just like the soundtrack to my YouTube channel. It's just like minus the video. And right. so it's like, I, I, and that was the whole point, like from day one, you know, I guess for, if I was to make a recommendation to somebody, day one from day one the audio was always the product mm. you know what i mean yeah and you can tell from the early days like i had a crappy video camera that wasn't even hd <laughs> early on you know kind yeah. of blurry you know whatever and i was just like i'm filming this like you know this is a pruder film or something you know it's just mm -hmm. like it was just it was just i was just capturing it just to make you know just so it was there but um right. so like the very first you know several videos just look horrible and then you can kind of see like oh i get a slightly better video camera you yeah. get a slightly video better video camera you know and, um, but, but the audio from the get-go was always good. You know, there yeah. wasn't like that much of an evolution of the audio. I mean, I would sometimes swap out software that I was using, but you know, right. my main like palette of sound was always basic, basically the same, yeah. you know? Yeah. Even so, the, the ones at the pie, like you can't even tell yeah. they're, they're in a pizzeria. I don't know how the yeah. sound is there live or if that's exactly what we're hearing. Did you yeah. use like a were you using like a soundboard to go directly into? Yeah, I bought I bought like a FireWire. I mean, you know, back in the days of FireWire, remember that? <laughs> uh, but like the Sony, uh, not Sony, sorry, Yamaha FireWire uh, mixer okay. called yeah. ONX, and it was like it was really, it was kind of the perfect thing for what I needed. But it was, mm. it was a pain in the butt to use, like the drivers and stuff, and just like getting a computer to cooperate with it because I would I would record multi-track, you know, onto my little Ooh, laptop, yeah. and just getting all those everything to work was just. <laughs> <laughs> and then I expanded it with all additional inputs when I had like the whole band there had like another rack mount that was working with it. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was like, that was crazy. Just like thinking, just yeah. even thinking back on it, like gives me like PTSD, but you're like sitting um, there. yeah, just like, yeah. I mean, I had to be like this, like crazy, like computer engineer at the time, right. but like everything's so much simpler now. So I'm like, I'm not trying to scare people away from doing it themselves because they can. Yeah. And, but, and everything I learned, I like, you know, I was just, I was just reading, you know, just reading right. forums. And uh, like, uh, there's a thing called Gear Sluts. It's like a, is a popular musician, yeah. like hardware, software forum where people talk about everything. And there's a lot of people from the music industry in there and, and recording industry in there that just, you know, visit and, you know, recommend gear or whatever. It's, it's, it's cool. And so I would just scour those things. And it was just like, yeah. it was just my hobby, you know? And it would kind of keep me sane because being a lawyer is hard <laughs> and boring. And it's, um, and it's scary and gross when you're looking at crime scene photos. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's awful, you know? And so, yeah, so it was like, I needed some kind of outlet to just stay sane. Yeah. And so music was just something I kept up on the side. And I, you know, when, when I say I studied sound recording in college, the only thing that I really took from that, that I used was just kind of a basic understanding of how like compression works and how EQ works and how right. reverb works. Right. And, you know, because most of the stuff I learned became sort of obsolete because I, I was like learning tape you know, like literally mm -hmm. tape machines and how to cut right, tape. Right, and, right. You know, I mean, we had some hardware compressors that like I'm still using now I'm using software emulations of, but like right, right, right. music, you know, like the recording industry, like I was like on the very end of the non-digital era in terms yeah, of what yeah. I learned. But it's kind of cool to know that stuff because otherwise yeah. it's kind of gone. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, and so right. then everything, all the other new stuff since then, I've just been kind of keeping up with like as it's evolved, you know, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling, but um, just, <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> kind of telling you like how I evolved it. <clears throat> but my message was like, like I am like um, a self-made person in a lot of ways in terms of my knowledge. And I mean, I, I did go to school for it. I went to college for it and, and I learned a lot of cool things. A lot of it I don't use, but I learned a lot of cool things, you know, that I'm glad I went yeah. to college for just having that mind expanding, you know, education. But um, 
And there's, you know, but like as a musician, there's a lot of things I learned that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. Like yeah, you don't even like theory. think about it. Yeah, like theory, yeah, like theory, ear training. Yeah. Um, but like the big one for me was I was in a super, I mean, I don't mean to brag, but <laughs> I was in a super duper like um, elite choir. I thought I lost your video for a second. Oh, yep. so, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Oh, okay, Bluetooth. Yeah, my Bluetooth does this weird thing. No, it's all right. As long as you, you're still recording. Oh, you all right, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was in, but I was in a really, really good choir. And when you're in a really, really good choir, you have to learn how to harmonize with people in ways and that you people don't appreciate, you know, and you learn. And um, Sterling Cotton was actually in one of those really good choirs with me. And so, you know, you learn things about singing together that you just don't necessarily aren't born with, you know, right. like you, I think a lot of people are born with a lot of bad habits. I was born with a lot of bad habits as a singer. I don't unlearn as much as I had to learn, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't think about that, but it's true. You know, when people are naturally talented, maybe what that means is that they just didn't, they just don't have a lot of bad habits they were born with. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Fewer bad habits yeah. to overcome, you know, on their own. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but yeah. So like, uh, but yeah, being in choir was invaluable to me. And, but like, you know, I don't know. I've been going to law school, I think, hey, helped me evolve as a human, but maybe not always in a productive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, and it's- uh, My wife would about, say I'm much more argumentative, you know, <laughs> as a result of being an attorney. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even what you're saying about like, uh, like learning about harmonizing with people and being in a choir. That was something that I really wish that I had done growing up because I was always, music was always a part of my life, but I never, I wasn't a singer. Like I never considered myself a singer. I could hold a tune, you know, but I was never a singer. Um, and so I stayed away from like the choirs. I did like the basic music classes in like middle school and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but then when I, uh, when I started playing music a lot, I, st I was like, I'm probably going to have to like learn a few tunes and sing along and all that stuff. So I started singing and then I realized, Oh, I'm not actually terrible at <laughs> like mm -hmm. this. Is, um, but because I never had sung with other people before, I didn't understand like breath control. I didn't understand like the posture, where to take your breath, how mm -hmm. to like shape your mouth a little bit and all that stuff. And uh, it wasn't until, like just keeping playing with people and then also taking in like some vocal lessons that you learn like how to breathe like don't go like this when you're singing a high note you know keep your head down you know mm -hmm. all that stuff and uh it completely changed the way i viewed like singing and how to sing and like i viewed it more as an instrument rather than a means of like just being able to play music you know right and it's and it's, it's, it's interesting because like I mean, in, in some ways, singing is completely natural. Like I, I tell people, if you can talk, you can sing, you know, and anatomically speaking, you know, it's just all the same. <laughs> um, but it's all, there's also like, people don't realize there's kind of a lot of like, I don't know, like science behind it, you yeah. know, it's the best way to say, describe it. Yeah. Um, it's not all just artistry right. because you have to learn how to control an instrument in a way that yields an artistic result right yeah or if i dare say simulate uh an emotional artistic yeah. performance and i say simulate because you are not always emotionally engaged with every lyric every line of every right. word you're saying <laughs> yeah but you can be physically engaged in a way that um that carries that emotional element mm -hmm. um and and almost the same way i'd say i'm not going to say it's, it's exactly the same way i don't think there's any excuse for being fully engaged in a performance because i think people can really feel that when you're just really there and you're just like you know you're just having it you're in the zone you know yeah. um but like but if you're not um it's uh what was that new movie that came out that disney plus movie about being in the zone it's kind of like that anyway. like you're being in the oh zone. yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, the cartoon i just i watched okay. it but i can't think what it's called but anyway uh, the soul? yeah yeah that one yeah, yeah, soul. yeah exactly it's like that's like that idea like being in the zone um you know, there's no, there's no, um, yeah, there's no, yeah, you, you can't get around that. There's, right. <laughs> but, um, but if you, if you know how to sing, you know what things your voice does right. that can el elicit an emotional response in others. Mm -hmm. You know what stylistic things you can do that transmit emotion mm -hmm. to the hearer. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, and so that's it's, like, that's what I mean yeah. by the science of it. It's like, it's because you're, you're strategically employing, um, 
expressive techniques. Right. Yeah. But there's a, there's a plan. Find that. Yeah. And it's trying to find where your voice yeah. is that like emotional yeah. thing, like and whether you're, whether you get like the gravel in your voice when it's like yeah. that moment, or if you have a very smooth voice and when you sing yeah. that same note, they could have totally different sounds, but they elicit the same. Right. Uh, but, but what, but what I do is I follow the roadmap, you know, when I right. do a cover, you know, I, I, I follow the roadmap and I don't, and that's one of the things that I try to do is like, if there are stylistic elements included by a vocalist, I will try to include it in my voice yeah. in a way that is emulation without being imitation. Right. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's straddling that fine line, but you're <laughs> like, you want to be like you, cause people are like, they hear it a certain way in their head. Mm-hmm. And there's like that moment coming up and they're like, they don't say it out loud, but they like, Oh, I love the way the singer does this next part. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's coming up. And then yeah. they hear Mike do it. And it's like, Oh, that gave me that same vibe. You know, it was yeah. like, you know, it's, it was still Mike's voice, but he like, he got there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, and that's, that's what I try to do. You know, that's what I want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to leave people disappointed that it was Mike. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want them to think it was just like, Oh, this time I got the same, you know, same vibe but it was it was the mic flavor of ice cream or whatever you know it's just right. like it's just like you know but it was still the same thing that they love and and that's kind of but like being aware of the little vocal nuances that people employ mm-hmm. um can make a huge difference and even yeah. like placement like where they're placing their voice how loud they're singing originally because you mm-hmm. kind of feel that energy you know yeah and sometimes you can overdo it you know sometimes you need to back off you're like no this needs to be lighter you know don't yeah. go too hard on it you know it's not all just you know big all the time and so <laughs> Yeah, so there's like little things you pick up. And I remember in high school, what did it for me was listening to the Beatles on headphones, like when they first came out on CD. Mm-hmm. And you hear some of those recordings, like a lot of this weird stereo separation where you hear all the vocals <laughs> isolated and stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I, but I remember listening to that and I was just like, I could feel yeah. the energy that was required to sing mm-hmm. the way they were singing. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm dark. like, you're not going to hit those. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to hit, yeah. oh, darling. You're not going to hit any of that stuff unless you're fully committed, you know? Yeah like physically. Yeah. And, um, and it's not, you can't just sit in your chair and be like, okay, I'm going to sing like Paul McCartney right now. It's like, no, man, you got to get to <laughs> gotta, work, you know, you gotta gotta like, wake you up. Gotta like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be ready. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got to stretch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. It's a thing. That's one thing it's, that I always, uh, I've learned from the vocal training is like warm up your voice. Mm-hmm. You'll f- not only will it get your voice ready, but it'll get you mentally ready. Yeah. And that's one yeah. thing for me because I don't consider myself like a beautiful singer. And a lot of the songs my band sings, I stretch and it sounds okay because I understand where I'm stretching. Um, but when I feel it, I like when I hit that note, I know whether or not like I'm going to feel it in the morning kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, I, let me, let me make a recommendation. And the people who fans of mine know exactly what I'm about to say right now, but um, you should check out Pear Bristow's uh, singing program. Have you ever heard of him, okay. Pear Bristow? No. He's like a, a vocal coach. I, I actually uh, took his program and I actually got to meet him and, and we're, we're like friendly now and, and we like chat and stuff, but nice. he's a really, really great vocal coach and he's like world renowned, but um, he has a program called the Sing with Freedom program. I think it's like a hundred bucks and it's oh, like maybe cool. like six lessons or something. And it's, it's really like, even for me, um, somebody who's been singing for 20 years or whatever, it, it was really a great reminder about um, just letting your voice not get not letting anything else interfere with your voice and just mm. letting your voice um, sing freely. And, and uh, you know, and it helped me with my, my um, oh, endurance and pitch and, you know, range. Every, it just helps with everything. Yeah, if you yeah. can be free, you know, it's just like, and like, it helps me get through my live streams. You know, sometimes, you know, they get a little long. I always do go two <laughs> hours, you know, yeah. and it helps me, you know, just to kind of like, okay. And because I have a lot of, you know, sometimes, as a cover artist, I will sort of inherit some bad technique. I will be yeah. emulating somebody that wasn't necessarily singing super well. <laughs> I know that's hard to believe that like from professional singers that there might be some bad technique out there, but yeah, yeah. like sometimes I will sing a song in a way that was not the healthiest way to be sung, you know? Yeah. And so I'll have to like, I'm like, how can I still get that sound without going through that process? <laughs> you know, that right, 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 like right. harmful process or whatever, yeah. you know? And so sometimes, yeah, so I had to kind of like relearn some things that are like, I got to see, yeah. I got to approach this a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll hear a note coming up in my head. I'm like, like, don't hit this too hard. It's going to hurt later. You're going to feel yeah. it later, you know? Yeah. So yeah. So like, I have to kind of like, you know, ease up and I'm not getting any younger. So like I have to take care of my voice too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Per Bristow, P-E-R, P-E-R. 
B R I S T O W. You can just do like pairbristle.com or okay. he also has a, he has like the singing zone on Facebook. Okay. It's got like, it's got like, I don't know, like, I don't know, 800,000 followers or something on Facebook. So like a huge Facebook presence. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Cause <laughs> with yeah. uh, a lot of things close, it's hard to do lessons right now. Cause yeah. Like- and and it's, it's totally something you can do in the privacy of your home and um, at, at your convenience, you know, yeah. you just want to, you want to be somewhere where it doesn't make, it doesn't matter if you make some noise and, and no one's going to care what you're, what you sound like. Cause you're, right, gonna, right. you're like exploring your voice a little bit. So you're going to make some weird noises. And, and that's like, that's something that's important for all singers. You need like a safe space to kind of just do your thing and find your voice. Yeah. You know, you need a room where you can be loud and ugly. Yeah. I remember in high school, I would, I would crank up the music just so I could sing along and yeah. also hear, you know, hear the original over myself, but also like not be super self-conscious about what was happening. You know? Yeah. That's kind of what I do when I'm singing like, anything that is just yeah. above the range it's like oh it's right there and i know yeah, <laughs> yeah. i try to hit it i'm like or do it in the car you know whatever yeah, exactly. you're wrong <laughs> yeah. uh, that's one uh like uh valerie amy winehouse uh mm. that song is it's like right there and some nights it's like i'm right on it and then other nights i'm like yeah have been better <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely have good days and bad days with my voice yeah. too and can't really control that. Just do what you do what you can with what you've got. Yeah. Um, so I noticed that you you did a song that I I I love this song, uh, Long Black Veil. Oh yeah, yeah. And I just I, I was scrolling through a bunch of songs, like I was scrolling through your playlists and stuff, and I was like, Oh, that's such a cool song. And then I saw that you put uh like the Johnny Cash and uh like Dave Matthews cover. I was like, oh, that's kind of where I like found the song was Big Dave Matthews fan, and I nice. I found mm-hmm. that song, and then I realized that hundred people have covered it over the last like 50, 60 years. Um, where where do you kind of find um, like when you listen to a song? Are you do you go through it like when you listen to it for the first time or like the second time? Do you listen to it like you want to play it, or do you listen to it? like now that your kind of career is playing music and covers for people, do you find yourself like listening to a song and being like, Oh, like analyzing it instead of like feeling like you should just enjoy it when you're listening to it. Well, sometimes I think like, I think there's always kind of a thing in the back of my head that if I like a song, there's always that question in my head, like, did I do this? You know? Yeah, Yeah. And some songs for whatever reason, I had previously dismissed as like, nah, I couldn't really do that acoustically. And then they just kind of like circle back around to my attention. And I'm like, wait, I could do that. Yeah. And I've been, I've been revisiting a lot of songs this year, like on my live stream, I've been doing a lot of songs that I, you know, I just would have previously dismissed and, um, and like arranging them for the first time. Like I'm like debuting them just like saying, okay, I I can do that song. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's been kind of like fun for me to, so sometimes I hear a song in a new way when I hear it again, you know, Mm if I hear a song for the first time and like it's, it's, it's unusual for a, a, a more modern song to grab me because I, it doesn't usually get many opportunities to, because I'm not <laughs> listening to a lot of modern right. radio or anything like that. So like, if it doesn't grab me the first time I hear it, then it's like not really going to get a second chance probably for most <laughs> songs. Um, but you know, I would say like, I will cover a song. Um, one of the, one of the criteria would be like, if it haunts me, probably a good way to describe it if a song haunts me you know and i just can't get away from it or like any every time i hear it it's just like this siren song i'm just like oh just like kind of like lures (laughs) me away you know and like hypnotizes me you know um then i'll be like okay there's something about that song that like i'm i'm not just going to dismiss it as just any other song like that this one stands out to me and and i and it's weird that that like that's one of the weird mysteries of music is that different songs hit people different ways you know yeah like the same song could be like like mind blowing to one person, another person's just like, I don't get it. You know, yeah. that doesn't, sorry, it doesn't do anything for me. You know, yeah. the other person's like, did you hear that? You know, it's like, and that happens with all genres, right? Like across genres, like, you yeah. know, sometimes, and, I, and I'm, I'm as guilty of it as others of not necessarily being able to appreciate all genres equally. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, but like, I, I get that, that some, you know, some of the stuff that I love, um, other people are like, eh, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not, it doesn't necessarily just have to be a song that has some sort of historic or emotional attachment to me. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, a newer song, but you know, that has 
no attachment to me other than I just heard it. I was like, oh, that's a cool song. Oh, yeah. You know, so, so it's not like, I don't think it's like this inherent, inherent bias that I've got where it, like, it's all subjective about, you know, I think there's some times where I'm just like, I like the song because I like the song. It's not because yeah. it's like, it's like sentimental. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes you go back and watch an old TV show or an old movie and you're like, oh boy, that did not age well. You know, <laughs> it's just like, right. but like most, most songs do tend yeah. to age pretty well, you know? Yeah. You're like, you're like, I know, I still get that. I still know why I like that. You know, well, there's a few exceptions. Yeah. And like Dark Side of the Moon, always like every year, I, every year I listen to it, it's like, it just gets more and more like, yeah. Like, oh, real world. Yeah. Hitting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it's just timeless. It's just like, and it's like, it's like they've, I don't know, music is like this weird energy where people mm-hmm. just tap into some, yeah. you know, otherworldly force that they can't even necessarily control themselves because it's, they get inconsistent results from it, you know, it's, every musician, yeah, trance. you know, I, there's not a single musician on this planet that I love everything, every single thing they've done. Right. You know what I mean? There's nobody that's like flawless or foolproof or, right. you know, they're every, every, even the greatest of the great, even Paul McCartney, you know, mm-hmm. there's a good, like, I don't know, 15% of his catalog. I'm just like, no, thank you. Yeah. You know, it's just like, <laughs> doesn't do anything for me. And, and there's yeah. other parts of his catalog. I'm like, this is the best thing ever written. Right. You know, and it's just like, and that both came from the same guy. And right. so he can't control that, you know? And so, so it's not like you can get so good at songwriting where you're like always getting consistent results. Right. It's like, no, it's like, there's this otherworldly thing yeah. that you can't factor in, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, just, yeah. it's, it's unexplainable. Like it, it really is. And uh, like the emotional response to songs is, is that similar? Like you can't always explain why it like means something to you, but a lot of times like there is that special meaning. Um what's a is there like a song that no matter how many times you listen to it or maybe a few songs that no matter how many times you've listened to it over like the course of your life that it always like makes you jerk a little bit like you're like oh, it's it's still like giving me that really strong emotional response you're asking me like is there yeah, a song yeah, 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 yeah. i um you know I, there's a lot of songs that i cover that that i that give me an emotional response. Um, some more than others. Um, I don't know. Well, like one I'm working on today, I'm gonna, here's a spoiler alert. Actually, by the time people yeah, hear this, it'll, it'll be old news. But I'm gonna debut um, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. You know that song? I Probably not. not. Yeah, no. It's Gordon Lightfoot from 19, he's a Canadian dude, from 1975. Okay. And it's a true story about a shipwreck from 1974. That happened on Lake Superior, and um, and it's like a, it's it sounds like an old folk song, and it's got mm-hmm. that vibe to it and that melody to it, and it's just a beautiful song. It's really long; it's like six minutes long, uh, but it kind of tells the whole story about this shipwreck, yeah. and you know, it's a true story. And it's just like, it's just like, uh, wow! Like the first time I was learning it and singing it, I had a hard time getting through it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like moved by. It. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is like real. This is real history. This is. You know, this isn't just a song. This is like, you know, right. telling a true story that people died, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So it's like some songs, you know, strike you on an emotional level because of, because of something like that, you know, just right, because right, of the right. subject matter, you know, you just like, you can't get over yeah. what it's about, you know, right. and you know what it's about, but, um, but other ones, you know, uh, uh, gain meaning, you know, to you personally because of what you've experienced mm-hmm. or what, what you associate with it. So it's different for everybody. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I've, it's been fun to just kind of, like um just kind of go through my own musical uh preferences and catalog and just kind of pick songs that i love and or that i've loved in my life and just and turn them into part of my day job you yeah. know what i mean by making them part of my repertoire you know anytime i can you know and so like the more songs that i love that i can add to my repertoire like in a way that makes sense like without it seeming forced it's just like right. that's kind of a not a great acoustic arrangement you know it's just like if, you know yeah, sometimes yeah. you know i might i might not might not be hitting on all cylinders whatever right. you know like I, I gotta admit that to myself and just kind of drop it but other ones where i'm just like oh i really love the song and i can do it acoustically in a way that mm-hmm. carries the energy that people are used to hearing right. and feeling you know and that's what matters to me just like i want to be able to recreate that for people and mm-hmm. and uh and that's like yeah that's me tapping into that same energy that, that they found when they were writing the song you know yeah it's that same source yeah and it's tough too because especially when people want you to sing certain songs and uh like when i was first starting out that was like the main thing like people were like oh it'd be great if you guys did this song or you played this song and this song and there were like certain songs like queen songs and i was like i can't i some of them i can probably like 
hit most of it like 80 percent of it like whatever but i was like there's some songs that like i i can't hit those notes and i say that to somebody i'm like i just can't sing like that right now you know like maybe a few years some lessons some whatever um and they're like well what if you just change it around and i'm like i might be able to do that a little bit but i like you said i want to keep that energy i want to keep yeah like true to how the yeah like whoever wrote it or yeah even if it's whatever it is i'm like i want to make sure that it's doing it justice to what they were feeling or like you said tap into that like yeah energy, well and they, you, know? you know necessity is the mother of invention like if you can't do something you have to do something else right right and so like you like you have to like and and i and that's what a capo's for right you can like trans, <laughs> transpose really easily you right, know right, right. You know, just keep moving it until you get there or whatever. Yeah. And that's super cool about guitar, especially about right. guitar, like with the capo, yeah. which is like you've got automatic transposition. Yeah. I guess on a digital panel, you can transpose it too, but, right. you know, <laughs> and still play on the same notes, but that gets a little weird. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like on a guitar, you know, just throw on a capo and move it around until you find the right key. And, and I, yeah. I, I, that's, and I also get that people are like, you know, people, I get that a lot of musicians are like, I want to be me and I don't want to be, I don't want to do what's been done. And I don't want to do it the way they did it because that's what they did. And I want to do my, I get that too. Right. You know, and, and they, you know, they want to like, you know, change a song around. Mm -hmm. Sometimes though, you just run into it where it's like, it feels like you're changing it for the sake of changing it. Right. And it feels like you're just trying to make it different. And you're like, yeah. you didn't make it better. Yeah. You took out something that was cool. You, or you added something that was weird. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just like, yeah. you know, so yeah. like, there's a lot of like landmines you can run into when you're rearranging yeah. a song, but like, but if you have like a cool, like sense of personal style mm -hmm. and you're like, you know, I know my voice and my voice is unique and I've found my voice and I found my style. Those are the kind of artists that you see, like, I'm just going to dump into a cover. I'm going to jump into yeah. a cover and there is just no way in hell this is going to come out sounding like the Beatles because I don't sound like the Beatles. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so there's yeah. some people that are just have such a unique sound that like they couldn't cover like the Beatles if they tried. And so it's like, it's, it's easy for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. easy for them to change it up. And that's like, their, that's also their gift. You know, it's right, like, that's yeah. cool. You could do that. You know? Yeah. And so like, I remember I was, I was uh, talking to a guy in the biz, you know, that was yeah, uh, yeah. worked for like, I don't know, Warner Brothers or something music. And he's, his job was placing songs in movies and TV shows. And so we were having a conversation about like, or we're, you know, are there any of my covers that would make a good fit in a movie or a TV show? And the thing that he emphasized, which is like, you know, it's like the thing that they look for is like, it's what I call a 180 cover. It's like you take a fast song and you make it slow, or you take a slow song and you make it fast. You know, you change something in a pretty significant way where it's like, it's still recognizable, but it's just like, oh, you know yeah like who are you you know and it's it like it's like, ghostly. like yeah yeah you just change it you know and you yeah and i was like i you know like i bet i could i could spend like i don't know three weeks if i dedicated yeah. my time and i could just take like 10 songs and make slow down creepy versions of them right and call it like call it trailer songs and like yeah. they would all end up in movie trailers right because just like all yeah. these songs you've heard before just add a bunch of reverb slow them down make them sound creepy and this is like yeah. there's your movie trailer it's like yeah yeah, I, you know, yeah it's like exactly. trailer tra call it trailer bait you know or something i know like that, yeah. well that's that's yeah i there is a place for those obviously but yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. that same idea of like is that what the original person wanted what they yeah, yeah. you know and it's and it's that fight because you're like yeah oh but it might sound really cool if it's like yeah like a take on me uh -huh. yeah they did an acoustic cover where they slowed right. it down Right. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Right, right. Yeah, and I can and see that. So yeah. it's, and so it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, oh, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where's, the, where's that line? Yeah, and it's like, where's yeah. the, where's the line that you can pick that? Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Artist, you know. The one, one of, one that I wanted to do was like a slowed down, minor version of "Dancing in the Dark" by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like in a minor key. It's just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because if you, if you look at the words, it's like, it's like, yeah um i can't even like i can't think of right now but it's just like it's, it's pretty funny i was <laughs> yeah, like this would work as like a creepy dark, soundtrack yeah. <laughs> Cre yeah creepy trailer song yeah that'd be pretty uh that'd be pretty interesting <laughs> even just like to do that uh just for fun and not necessarily in a serious way but yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah for sure. so there's actually one song that i i couldn't find whether you had ever covered it um because i was like oh this would actually like fit your voice really well is uh, a whiter shade of pale oh um, that's a good song. Um, it's just one of those songs that um, needs two instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you need somebody playing the chords and you need somebody playing the melody. 
Yeah. Because it's got that organ melody yeah. that you can't really do without. Yeah, and yeah. so you could have that played on another instrument, like a guitar or something. Yeah, you could yeah. have somebody else playing it, but you have to have somebody playing that. Right, right, right. And so, like, so that's 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 one of the decisions I have to make. When like, that's a perfect example of like yeah, yeah. arrangement decisions, like judgment calls that I make in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you could you could shoot out fifty songs of me, and if I was familiar with them, I could tell you <laughs> yes or no. And, right, or, right. and if if I couldn't cover it, why? You know, like yeah, yeah. my my reason, like why I would like dismiss it. Say it, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. work because of this. You know, right? Like that, or like. That horn riff is just too important, and there's no way to play it, you know, with just an acoustic guitar and a harmonica or whatever. You know, right, like that's, right. that's all I got to work with basically. Or you know, I can make a piano arrangement of it. But I've, I I kind of like I don't spend a lot of time on piano, so I don't spend a lot of time arranging these things for piano because they're yeah. just not going to get played. If even if I, you know, like I just did a, a, a piano arrangement of Ashes to Ashes by David Bowie, mm-hmm. and I played it on one of my live streams when I uh, on a show recently when I did a piano set. And like I was practicing piano all week because I just never play it, you know. Like right, taking a week to get yeah. ready to play, you know, like two hours worth of piano music, whatever. Yeah. Hour and a half. And um, but like I I arranged that ashes to ashes, like it was like a cool piano arrangement. But I'm like okay. now I'm like, how did that go? <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> right. if I don't play it, you know, more than once, it's like it's gone. You know, like yeah, luckily yeah. it's recorded. I can go back and watch it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like my own channel is my own resource sometimes, like to remind me of like my arrangements. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But, but it's nice that they're documented, you know. Yeah, that's true. I, I, and that's like, I, I feel like that's half the trouble of like covering songs, especially acoustically, where you're literally limited to like your voice and the guitar. Yeah, um, like what what kind of noise can I make with this? Yeah, and is it a, is it right. enough noise? You know. Now, have you ever thought about uh, doing loopers? <sighs> I have a looper on my guitar synth. Okay. Um, I don't think I've ever attempted to use it live. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's, I have. It's it's tough when you're not. It's got yeah. It's it, there's a certain kind of song that it works for. Mm-hmm. You know, like a certain kind of droney, repetitive type type right. thing where you yeah, can you know chord. build an arrangement yeah. or whatever. Um, or you need a looper that's got like kind of like sections that you can kind of like all right yeah, now we're doing to this section <laughs> yeah yeah you know or whatever where it's like doesn't you know you can kind of have sections coming and going or whatever and i don't have a looper like that but um yeah i've tried to kind of all keep it in real time yeah for the most part and the way i've approached that is i use a stomp pedal you know i have got like a a little kick pedal uh, that i use i play that with my left foot which is weird for a drummer you know because it's like the kick drum foot would be the right foot yeah yeah it'd be weird but like but i I was already kind of used to playing the guitar synth with playing the guitar synth controlling the guitar synth with my right foot and so uh, I like I just kind of threw the stomp on my left foot. That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you know. And so maybe if I ever play drums, I have to do it left-handed. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, around, yeah. yeah, just yeah. But um, so I do that stomp pedal, and then having the guitar synth gives me like some strings and some other weird stuff I can do kind mm-hmm. of in real time. Yeah. It's where like it plays along with the guitar chords, you know, and oh, does a synthesizer cool, sound, you know. Yeah. And so like I've been, I've tried to kind of do that instead, like just have a as full sound as I could, but all created live on the mm-hmm. fly you know? yeah but i don't frown on people that use loopers because i think it's a certain like skill all its own and yeah. there's like there is art to be had there and it's just like it's like you know building a multi-track recording but doing it live on the fly yep. or something but i mean just you know it, there's there's some interesting things you can do there mm-hmm. but i've never like I've, I've just never taken the time or the spent the energy to like right, right. like make that part of my thing I have yeah. my, I do have um, on my guitar synth a way to play MP3 files, like audio files. So I do have a couple oh, of like cool. backing tracks, like not truly backing tracks, but like one of them is like, there's an ambient sound, like a, just kind of a synth sound, like it's mm. like a string chord that yeah. happens at the very beginning of Radiohead's How to Disappear Completely. And okay, it just yeah. kind of starts. And so what I did is I loop that and it just plays in the background the whole time I'm playing oh, the song. Cool. It's just like, it's just like a, like an ambient pad, you know? Yeah. And then the other, another one I did was, um, I haven't used this on my live streams because it's kind of a copyright issue, but I took the, the loop, the opening drums to um, Sympathy for the Devil. And, oh, I, yeah, and yeah, I created yeah. like the bongos and I created a loop out of that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then I add like a kick drum so it just kind of has a pulse to it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I, so I took the whole opening of, of Sympathy for the Devil and I looped it as a, basically as a drum loop. But, you know, I have to be able to, I have to be able to hear that so I can play in time to it, which, <laughs> right. you know, makes it a little bit weird. But yeah, so yeah. that's, that's as far as I've ever gotten. So I haven't really spent a lot of time doing that kind of thing, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's uh, like the only reason I use it is when I'm playing solo and I want to solo 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if I were a lead guitar player, I could see myself wanting some like chords that you'd have oh, to lose in the background. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it's never, I'll, it's never come up. Yeah. Whenever I'm playing like <laughs> Melissa by Almond, oh, right. like it's just such know. a sweet chord progression that I just want right. to keep hearing it and do some right. pretty, like melodies over it. I'm that's like, awesome. it's more for me than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, no. There's so many cool things you can do, and that's like. There's so many th- cool things you can do by yourself as a musician, right, you know, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, it's just like technology is like, it's gotten to the point, point where you have, uh, you don't have enough excuses anymore and you have way too many options, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you, you just like too many things to choose from. He's like, ah, you know, like, what, what do I use? And so like, yeah. that was, that's, you know, decisions I've made along the way is like, what gear do you want to buy that's going to kind of craft your sound, right. you know? So like, those are things you have to decide along the way, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I would say always be doing something. Don't be paralyzed by the lack of perfection, you know, just like yeah. always be doing something and, and let it get better and better, you know, keep mm-hmm. posting things, give people ways to find you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and don't, don't wait till it's perfect, you know, just start posting down. Yeah. Music has always been one of those things uh, that I've learned the most of like how to work hard. It, yeah. It, like sports i was always like like fine at i always did well enough you know yeah yeah, <laughs> but yeah like music was always one of those things that like it always kept me motivated to keep learning you know and i feel like yeah. for a lot of people that's 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 part of it it's like some people look at the musicians and they're like oh they're just like you know they're the laid back lazy guys or whatever but like you the, the discipline yeah <laughs> yeah and but it yeah exactly it takes so much like time and effort just to muscle memory the basic open chords and get used to switching that, yeah that takes that could take a year or two just to get there and then i know i take that totally like, for granted now you know right. I, I just like my ease to just like kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i mean I'm, i can't play lead worth a darn but just like my ability to switch chords is just like yeah right. it's like i i just it's hard for me to remember what it was like not to be able to do that yeah. it's been a long time yeah but yeah it's yeah it's 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 it takes a lot of discipline and and that's the thing is like if you don't have the bug for it though if you don't like if you're not motivated to do it, you just don't do it, you know? And so it's like, you have to really love it. It's hard to like make somebody a musician who doesn't want to be a musician. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, there's lots of things you can get good at if you do them long enough, but you have to want to do it, you know? Well, I think that's why it's a lot harder for uh, like guitar players to like quit, you know? Like when a guitar player leaves a band, it's kind of more, to me, that's a little more like uh, shocking than when a singer leaves, you know? Because the Mm -hmm. singer, a lot of times, especially with the older bands, they didn't really have training. It was like something that they were like gifted with, you know, like that was just mm-hmm. something they were good at. And when the singer leaves, I'm like, Oh, that kind of makes sense. You know, like they're, they're working hard. Like at this point now they didn't have to necessarily like some of them for like did, but like, right. It's, right. it's got that same idea where they just kind of could sing and that's right. the singer of the band. Right. And, right. Uh, but you lose a lot of that, like uh, kind of ambition towards where you're heading when you didn't necessarily have to go through those like trials and errors for years, like slaving over a guitar or a piano right. or drums or whatever. And uh, it's not anything against singers, <laughs> but that's usually the case with a lot of Yeah. People. Well, and some singers are more disciplined than others. And some of them right. actually, you know, yeah. I mean, like if you, if you're talking about like, a, like an opera singer or something, they, they, Oh the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> they have to work super hard for years and they, right. they never let up, you know, but, but yeah, I, some singers, yeah, they just kind of, they, they like they're, it's kind of like, uh, I have to tread, tread lightly here. It's kind of like being a drummer where you don't necessarily <laughs> have to be a musician per se. Right. No, but like, you don't have to know notes, you know? Right. Um, well, that's how I became you know, a drummer is just yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah. So, listening and playing exactly what I Yeah. Heard. So a singer who's just like making up melodies and words uh, over music that someone else is providing them. Mm-hmm. They might not need to know how, you know, right. a thing about music, uh, you know, but, yeah. but the more, you know, the better you can communicate and exactly. the more you can contribute. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and be, and be self-sufficient, you know, yeah. that was kind of like one of my goals is just like, I wanted to be able to do it all myself, you know, like I still need lead guitar players <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, and, you know, and bassists, you know, but, you know, like in terms of like the, uh, the, the playing, you know, like to be able to accompany myself and also like record myself, you know, mm-hmm. to know how to do all that. It's just, it's, it's nice not to have to wait for somebody else or pay somebody else to do right. things that I want to get done musically. Yeah, no, it's really nice to be able to like, cause I, I know even when I was starting out, I never learned how to play lead stuff. And I always felt like I was like, 
I, I wasn't going to ever be able to take it to the next level until I learned mm -hmm. how to kind of like be able to do that because if mm -hmm. I moved out of town and I had to leave the band, there's a hundred million people that can play chords and sing a song. I'm like, I have to be able to do more than that. You Something know? that yeah, 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 yeah. I have to be able to jump in with people and be able to play a little solo or keep along. Yeah. And that's where a lot of that, uh, one of my friends, my act, the actual lead guitarist in my band is showing me a lot of the, he learned a lot of that stuff and showed me like the, uh, the different scales and the patterns and stuff. And a lot of that I knew from music theory. So it made sense, but I yep. just didn't practice like the patterns and all that stuff. And then once you get it, it's like, Oh, this is, this is great. It's a whole new yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I never just, I never, I don't know. I guess I never had the discipline to, to learn lead guitar. I, I remember practicing some scales here and there, like, Mm -hmm. but I just maybe it was just I didn't have a teacher that really kind of connected with me in a way that like helped me do it but but there's like I mean you know there's games now like video games that like what's what's the one guitar guitar hero and no no oh, there's guitar not yeah, smith. guitar, guitar smith. smith yeah guitar yeah, smith yeah yeah. yeah 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 we have that one my son I said actually like you know he made some progress like using that game it's that's that's kind of a cool thing like yeah like where it detects if you're playing it right and then, <laughs> you know like helps you, it makes it a little bit harder each time and it's just yeah, like yeah. that's like the next best thing to have a good teacher, you know, because right. it's like actually like responding to you. It's not mm -hmm. just like, you know, you're watching something and then, and then you try it and you're like, how did I do? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's actually giving you some feedback in a way, you know, yeah. which is kind of cool. But, yeah. It's a, it's, it's funny how, like I went just from looking like a lot of people, um, like from 60s, 70s, 80s, like, you, like you guys had to learn a different way than I did, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like I learned a mm -hmm. lot from watching YouTube videos and looking up yeah. on the internet. And that's yeah. a lot about how I learned. And then I'm like sitting there, I'm like, how did they learn 20 years ago? Like, did mm -hmm. they just have to sit there and like, listen to every single thing? And I still have to do that. For yeah. Some song Without the like, ability to slow it down. I know. I'm like, Oh my yeah. God, it's so easy for me to learn like five songs in a day. Like I can just yeah, sit yeah. down for an hour and I'm like, okay, yeah. I got like, now I know the chords. Now I just got to work on them. Right, um, right. But, and especially like you were saying uh, earlier, like with the iPad, like how you used to have to write everything like down. And, mm -hmm. and now like you just scroll through and you can yeah. have everything organized and it's just like yeah. right there. <laughs> I, I have like my, my charts are kind of like, I make them a certain way, like the way I like them. But, um, but I will always go on the internet first and see what mm -hmm. other people have done before I would like reinvent the wheel and type out all the lyrics and the chords, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if somebody's doing it like in the right key, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes they're not in the right key right. or I'll look at it. Like I'll have like, before I look on the internet, I'll kind of like play along with the song or I'll know enough yep. about the song where I'll kind of like, I'll, I'll know what the chords are supposed to be generally yeah, speaking. Yeah. And then I'll be able to kind of like look at a chart and say, this is mostly what I want. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll, and then I'll go in and start editing it and stuff and make it my own thing. But yeah. And then it's like, and then I add it, you know, upload it to Dropbox and then I put it in an app called OnSong and then it's on my iPad and, mm -hmm. and I can set a timer to it. So it scrolls at a certain pace, you know, so it, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty cool. I mean, just like, yeah, way better than Binder. Oh yeah. Well, it's, and I, I, I laugh at a, um, a friend of mine, her dad is in a really like popular cover band in my area and uh, he still has like the binder and everything, but for him, it's more sentimental than anything. Uh, right, his, right. His, like my friend and her sisters, like when they were kids drew pictures, he mm -hmm. has the pictures in there with like the songs and all that stuff. Um, but just, just to see him with his foot while he's singing the song, like flipping the pages and stuff, it, it just cracks That's me up funny. every time. I'm like, you're 20 years into this and <laughs> yeah flipping the pages instead of just like scrolling with an ipad or something <laughs> yeah yeah no i if you look at some of my early pie videos there's definitely some binders yeah <laughs> on, on music stands yeah for sure um, but it's been good like we you know i learned so many songs like even on my live streams i've, I've i'm up to over 550 wow. songs or something like that <laughs> like different songs i've done um yeah. on my live streams which yeah. is insane like many of those i learned this year like wow. probably I don't know, hundred and something more or more. I don't know. I don't even know how many is on the songs I've done this year. But um, it's been fun. It's like it's just been. It's kind of forced me to to expand my repertoire, but also it's allowed me to document it because there's yeah. a lot of songs that like where I had acoustically arranged them, arranged them, and I had been doing them at gigs, but just never mm -hmm. put them on YouTube. So I'm just like, right. it's nice for me to like preserve some of my arrangements for people who might be curious how I would have played a certain song. You know? Yeah. So it's been fun. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um. Before I let you go. Yep. Um. So I want to ask you, name five albums 
that you think people have to listen to? Like it could be your personal favorite or just in general, but five albums that you think people need to listen to. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I'll give you albums that have impacted me. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, one of them, let's see. I don't know if I, in any particular order here. Just yeah, five, huh? Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I need to have, represent the Beatles in there, so I'd probably say, probably say Sergeant Pepper's. Yeah. For Beatles, I guess. <laughs> um, that's kind of a hard one, but yeah. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, I definitely <laughs> say listen to the Beatles, people. If you're not listening right. to the Beatles, um, I would say Exit Stage Left by Rush, which is a, mm. a live album, which is a double live album, which is yeah. cheating a little bit because it's a double live album, but I'm still, <laughs> I'm still we'll including it. We'll count it as one, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'll say um, OK Computer by Radiohead. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a big one for me. That's a big one. I, I listened to that when I did my study for finals in law school. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Seconds Out by Genesis. Okay. Which is yeah, also yeah. a double live album with Steve Hackett <laughs> before Steve Hackett left, or there was only three. How many is that? Is that five? That's four. Oh, four. Okay. Um, and tied for fifth place. <laughs> we will have Yes, 90125, yeah. which is like a great, awesome Yes album, and Sticks, The Grand Illusion. Oh, that is, yeah, that's yeah. a great one. <laughs> Perfect. Honorable, honorable mentions to uh, Misplaced Childhood by, by Marillion, mm. um, American Beauty by Grateful Dead, Rift yeah, by Fish, yeah. oh, maybe that's... Tommy by The Who, and The Wall by Pink Floyd. We'll include all those. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> those, are all, those are all great albums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect well thank you mike Masai. yeah thanks you so man. much for coming yeah. on i appreciate it a lot yeah uh, it's fun definitely go check out his live streams if you haven't already i know there's probably yeah. i'm probably Just, reaching everybody that's probably listening is like oh yeah mike Masai. <laughs> youtube youtube.com slash mike Masai. m-i-k-e-m-a-s-s-e perfect well thank you so much and yeah. uh hope the recording later the live stream later goes great and i'll be yeah I'll, thanks man. i'll be watching yeah <laughs> right on you can check out the wreck of the edmund fitzgerald Perfect. it's the first song of the, of the show oh sweet. nobody nobody knows that yet it's a secret yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you so much yeah thanks man